You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Let's move to running backs. By the way, guys, you can catch our full rankings up on UpperHandFantasy.com. Those rankings will be updated throughout the week, all the way up until Sunday morning before kickoff. I think this is the bounce back week for Travis Etienne. Uh, we'll see if he's limited in practice at all this week with that chest injury he suffered during the game on Sunday, but he's at home. He had a couple of tough matchups since his bye against San Francisco, against San Francisco, against Houston, who, by the way, they have allowed the fewest yards per carry to running backs this year. Like a big shift there, right, in that yeah. Houston defense. But this week, he's at home against Cincinnati. The Jaguars are favored by eight and a half points, according to Fantasy Life's Game Hub. The Bengals are giving up the third most yards per carry to running backs. They've given up the eighth most rushing touchdowns per game to running backs. I, I wouldn't be too discouraged with his performances over the last three weeks. He had 26 opportunities last week. Okay. So I think this is going to be a Travis ETN game in what should be a positive game script. Yeah. I, I think that's the only way we can look at this matchup. And we just talked about it, you know, and we just touched on how Trevor Lawrence, for me, I think takes a little bit of a hit because Travis ETN can't have that type of success in this game. But these past few weeks, the utilization has been there. I mean, the week, the first week coming off the bye in week 10, you know, Travis ETN, he only had. 13 opportunities, I think it was. So that wasn't really encouraging. And he's been quiet these past few, week, few weeks compared to the heater that he was on going into the bye. He had scored a touchdown in the four games before the bye, each of the four games, two touchdowns in three of them. So you're not happy with what you've seen from Travis Etienne these past few weeks, but the game script has also not really called for him these past few games. This one is one where he can get back to that, where he's going to be the workhorse. He's going to be getting those rush attempts later into the game because they're. I expect the Jaguars to go up. Like, do you think there's any chance the Bengals keep any type of competition in this game? Like, I don't know if I see this having any type of competitive game script here. Like, wh what do you think? Because I, I just want you like to weigh in because that's how no, I'm looking at it. I do not. And that's part of the reason why I do not like Joe Mixon this week. I haven't ranked really low this week. Like, I don't want to play him. Okay. He's on a bad <laughs> offense. He averaged two yards per carry last week. Uh, Jackson was allowing the fifth fewest yards per carry to running backs. He had one 39-yard catch that put him up to 44 yards receiving on two targets for the day. Unless the Bengals can move the ball through the air, which they I don't think they will be able to anyway, even though this might be a decent matchup. And I think Jamar Chase is has a good matchup. But I just I just like Mixon might be able to get some work near the goal line. But like that's how I see his fantasy day, you know, being like he, he would have to save his fantasy day with a touchdown. That's kind of how I feel about it. And I think the chances of that happening are pretty low anyway. So I think yeah. Mixon's going to be on my bench. That's exactly how I was just going to say it. Like your best case scenario is you're looking at as, okay, maybe he can save his day. Like if you're already talking about saving the day, the game hasn't even started yet. It's like, <laughs> you know, there's no upside to be had in this matchup. <laughs> it's just the way the game script's going to be. I, I, I don't think there's going to be a point where they just take the ball out of like Jake Browning's hands and he's like, okay, um, Let's just give it to Joe Mixon 30 times. I, I don't think that's going to happen. You know, even if they go down, like they're not going to just roll over and die. They're going to keep throwing the ball. I, I don't trust Joe Mixon in this one either. I haven't been a really big fan of him this whole season. Obviously, these past few weeks with Joe Burrow, you know, after the bye, they were looking better. He was more consistent. But you talk about this offense, like you don't want to buy part of this offense really at all moving forward, especially if you can't trust Jamar Chase, <laughs> and I'm not, you know, moving forward. If he doesn't have upside in this offense, how is Joe Mixon going to have upside in this offense? Because he's the least dynamic fantasy player on this offense, I think, if you ask me. 
And I, I think that you look at Joe Mixon, he is dependent on the system that he's in, the offense that he's in at this point in his career, obviously. And if the system and the offense isn't playing well, I just don't see him playing well. So I'm with you on this one. I would, I'm going to have him ranked pretty low. I didn't see how low you have him, but he's definitely like borderline RB2 in my mind. Thousand percent. And, and you know, we, I want to hit on Alvin Kamara real quick. Like, what's the over under on uh, if I had to give you an over under on 12 targets? You're taking the over <laughs> or under on that one. Uh, I, I understand where you're coming from with this, but I'm, I think I'd go with the under here, but I'm not ruling out like I'm expecting eight, nine targets in this game with five or six catches. You know, we just talked about how they're missing Chris Olave. They, they could be missing Chris Olave. We know they're missing Michael Thomas. Rashid Shahid's going to be out. It might be all Alvin Kamara all day, you know, for the Saints this week. It's a tough matchup against the Lions. They're allowing the fewest receptions, like you mentioned. I think I think I just took your notes right there. These aren't my notes. Those yep. are yours. That's okay. <laughs> and, uh, but, Take you know, they're notes. allowing the fewest receptions. But I, I think that Alvin Kamara, the way that he's been used this season is fantastic you know in terms of the receptions that he's going to be getting i don't think that's going to be matchup dependent especially in a matchup where he's going to be the game script the beginning the middle and the end of it with hardly any other weapons in the receiving game so i'm definitely looking at alvin Kamara as somebody that has a very safe floor this week you don't have to worry about starting him sure maybe maybe the upside might not be there because they'll be able to key in on him a little bit more but i don't think that there's any way that the lions stop him from getting his catches in this game and he's going to be you know perfectly fine as a low rb1 or even a high rb2 i think is more comfortable for me in this in this this week yeah i have him as a high end rb1 this week because of that you know i just think a that high end, just gonna... i guess maybe with the buys yeah. maybe i'm maybe i'm running him out a little low there yeah, but. no, I do. I have him as a high-end RB1 this week because I do think that he's going to get a ton of receptions in this game. Um, and we've since we've ideal. seen multi, you know, multiple games with him getting 10, 10 or more receptions this year, uh, I think I'm, I'm willing to, to bet that he ends up getting a pretty, you know, some pretty good usage in the, you know, this week. Rashad White is set up nicely this week. Didn't see the targets this past week, but I'm expecting that to bounce back because he's been getting it all year long. Um, the other thing is that he has a chance of being efficient in the run game for a second straight week, given the Panthers are bottom five in yards per carry, given up to running backs this year. Uh, they've been good at limiting opposing running backs in the receiving game, uh, limiting them to the second fewest yards per reception. But I think White has been good enough this year to be able to put it all together in a good matchup. Oh, yeah, 100%. And just look at the way that he's been playing. He's been on a heater these past five games. You know, he's had at least 15 PPR points in five of the six games that he's played. And in the game where he didn't, you know, last week against the Colts, he still had over 10 points. I think it was 11. He rushed for 100 yards. You know, that was his best game on the ground all year. So, like you just mentioned, put it together sounds like exactly what I'm expecting from him this week against the Panthers because Tony Pollard had his get-right game against him a couple weeks ago. Derrick Henry had a get-right game. He had two games in a row where he wasn't playing well. He just scored two touchdowns. I think he could creep into the top five for me. He's definitely a locked and loaded RB1 play this week just with the opportunity that he's been getting. Hopefully that the, the work in the receiving game bounces back. It's only one-game sample so far over this stretch of games where he's been playing well that we haven't seen him get that work. So if that bounces back, like he's definitely going to be one of the best running backs you know, to start this week. The matchup is just fantastic. You mentioned Tony Pollard. The Seahawks have given up the, the most fantasy points to running backs over the last four weeks, the fourth most over the course of the season. Pollard's been involved in the receiving game over the last two weeks. Also, you know, if you look a little bit further back, five targets in three of his last four games. Is it going to be three weeks in a row for Pollard to get it done for fantasy, Zach? 
oh, yeah, don't tempt me. You know, especially if you have Tony <laughs> Pollard, this this looks too good to be true. The matchup on paper is like, yeah, this is great. And he's finally looking like that earlier in the season, Tony Pollard. The rushing attempts haven't been there, but you mentioned the receiving work. That's been kind of, you know, really supplementing um, the, the production that he's had. He's caught, um, let's see, 10 of his last 11 targets, you know, over these past few weeks. That's definitely going to give him plenty of value in PPR leagues. He's also scored in each of the past two weeks, and he's got a good matchup this week. The Cowboys are at home. It's been a scoring bonanza for the Cowboys at home, you know, every time they played this season. The only thing that concerns me is that when they do that scoring, it's Dak Prescott and the passing game that's been popping off. Dak Prescott has three straight home games these past three games with 300 passing yards and four passing touchdowns, you know. Is that a streak that has to come to an end at some point? Yes, but we've seen the passing game is now the priority for the Cowboys. I don't want to rule out Tony Pollard because of that, but I do think that he's kind of still capped at that one touchdown a game if he's going to do it because just the way the rest of the offense is playing, CeeDee Lamb has been quiet even though he's found the end zone these past two weeks. He could have another blow-up game in this one. Um, I think at this point, Dallas, you just have to trust the offense. I think he can have a strong performance given the way that the offense is playing right now. You know, everybody eats is what they were saying on Thanksgiving, and that was 100% the case. I think we could see that against against Seattle. I don't think the matchup really matters in this one. Without Jarek McKinnon in the lineup this past Sunday, Isaiah Pacheco's role increased even more than it already was at, and it was already good. But without McKinnon, yeah. Pacheco's role in the receiving game increased a ton. 68% route participation, which is something he hasn't sniffed all year, and the targets followed, right? Now he gets a solid matchup against Green Bay, Right, he could put up another huge performance is if McKinnon is out again or is limited. But you know, even if McKinnon is in, I, th- I think Pacheco is still like a high end RB two. But if McKinnon is out, I'm moving Pacheco all the way up at, to a solid RB one play this week. Right, and that's just 100 predicated on the receiving work that he would get with Jarek McKinnon out. We saw him get that work last week. There was no competition really for him in terms of touches. He had 20 total opportunities last week, and. Pacheco is perfectly fine as that early down running back. You know, he's been getting it done this season in that role. But like you just mentioned, that receiving work put him over the top. I hope that continues. <laughs> you know, but I, I don't think it would happen with Jarek McKinnon playing. But like you mentioned, there's nothing to really be scared of in this matchup because he's been a consistent producer. He's been doing the same thing pretty much week in and week out. And he has upside as long as the offense continues to play well, especially last week. They were playing really well um, against the Raiders now. It was the Raiders and the Packers are a bit of a tougher matchup, but I think that he's going to be perfectly fine regardless. So I think this feels like we're pretty much ranking him where we've been ranking him, you know, this whole season. It's not that much of a change. So I think you just proceed as normal at this point with, you know, hope that maybe there is some upside for him to be an RB1. I don't think that's like an irrational hope at this point, the way that we saw the touches shake out last week. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to have Isaiah Pacheco probably is like around my RB14 or so if McKinnon plays. And if McKinnon is out, I'm probably going to have him around my RB8 or so. Now, that's exactly where I was going to say. Like, I know you said RB14, <laughs> but RB8 yeah. was right around where I feel like it. Like, he's knocking on the door of that mid RB2 type status, but he's definitely, you know, safely, I think, a low end RB1 the way that they've yeah. been using him. Bijan had a great fantasy day last week. He got his touches. Um, there were a lot of touches to go around for the Falcons running backs. Maybe we could see something similar against the Jets this week. I think that has to be the case. And the thing for me is there were a lot of touches to go around last week in the backfield because the Falcons were up. They were just playing keep away. The Saints were chipping away with field goals the whole time. So that made it really easy for the Falcons to just run the ball. But the Jets are allowing the seventh fewest fantasy points of quarterbacks this season. 
They've made a lot of quarterbacks look dumb. Does this smell like a B. John Robinson game to you? Because it reeks of it to me. You know, just like, wait till you hear about how the Jets have fared against the run this year. Arthur Smith is just salivating. You know, just thinking about the run-heavy game script he's about to call. Like, the Jets are allowing the fourth most fantasy points to running backs this season. That includes over the past four weeks as well. Jets have allowed three top 12 finishes at running back over the past four weeks. We just saw the Falcons, like you mentioned, give Bijan his work back in the receiving game from earlier this season. And that's what we kind of keyed in on earlier. I think it was earlier this week or late. Yeah, it was earlier this week in the takeaways episode. Like we keyed in on that receiving work. If it continues, it's going to be really good for Bijan. And I could see Desmond Ritter checking it down plenty of times with the back end defense for the Jets being like the best in the league. If there was a matchup for him to turn the corner and maintain that work in, it's this one. Desmond Ritter is just going to have a hard time throwing downfield. I'm not big, not a big fan of Drake London in this one. Not a big fan of anyone in the receiving game, passing game for Atlanta. But Bijan Robinson, I, I think he has a really good shot of uh, finishing very high this week, just the way that I expect the game script to be. Because I also don't think, you know, as good as the Jets' defense is, the offense isn't going to be running away from the Falcons. So it's going to keep the game competitive at the very least. And if the Falcons would go up, of course, it's going to be the run game that they're going to lean on. So I think B. John Robinson has a good chance at replicating last week's production um, in this one. Yeah, I think there needs to be a big pie for Bijan to have a big slice, right? Because he's not getting the whole pie, right? So right. a bigger pie yeah. means a bigger slice. And the Jets are only behind the Cardinals in terms of baking the biggest pies for running backs. And they're allowing the second most running back carries per game to opposing teams and teams are targeting their running backs at the fourth highest rate per game against the Jets. So I think this is a situation where the running backs are going to be very involved. My only concern here is that this offense can struggle against the Jets defense. Like I can see Desmond Ritter making some massive mistakes in this game, especially even if it's yeah. limited work that he's given, but you know, especially with him not being at home, right? Maybe this offense just gets shut down. But I think that's overthinking it a little bit. Like the Jets, like you mentioned, are allowing the fifth most fantasy points over the course of the season, the fourth most over the last four weeks. So with all that being said, I think Bijan could have a big week this week. Yeah, there's that. And then, like I said, like, so what? Even if the Jets turn them over four times, like, what are the Jets going to do on offense? <laughs> right. Like, Brees Hall, I know they don't want him running, taking trying to get the home run ball every single time, which is just a stupid comment. I don't know if you saw that one. They're like, oh, we don't want him going for the home run every yeah. time. I Dumb think. comment. What did you draft? Breeze Hall for it's like makes no sense. I just don't think even if they get all of that work, those opportunities on offense, I don't know how much they're going to capitalize. Like I don't think there's a situation where the Jets go up by more than ten points in this game, and that's going to keep it competitive the whole time. Thousand percent. We talked about Ramondre Stevenson as a great play moving forward. As long as the utilization he saw last week sticks, uh, he's a high in RB two for me this week. Great matchup at home against the Chargers. Uh, we could see the Pats in a negative game script, and the hope is that leads to more targets. For Stevenson. Yeah. If, if you look up volume in the dictionary, it's Ramondre Stevenson's name next to it. But if you look up like good offense, it, the Patriots are nowhere to be near, nowhere to be found. Like you just, you have to rely on volume here with Ramondre Stevenson. It looked really good last week. Uh, I hope that continues. The Chargers have been pretty tough, you know, not, not, not tough against running backs, but they've been bad against running backs. You know, they allow a lot of points. So I, I'm with you on this one, Ramondre Stevenson. It's pretty much the same spiel that we had just a couple of days ago about his usage. But there's not yeah. a whole lot to be said here because the Patriots offense, quarterback situation is just horrific. The Lions offense was completely out of sync against the Packers on Thanksgiving. Um, you know, they had some time to reflect on that game. And now they're up against the Saints this week. You know, I think Gibbs is a RB1 play for me 
Um, but how should we be treating Montgomery this week? I, I agree that Gibbs is an RB1 play just because we've seen the way that he's being used. We want that to happen. I think last week was just a blip on the radar. You know, it's tough that the Lions have had two straight games where they look really questionable on offense, but I think they have to turn things around at some point. The Saints are allowing the eighth fewest fantasy points to running backs this season, but th- that's, what, that's what makes me f- feel like this is a Dave Montgomery game. I don't think that the Saints are going to hang around like we just talked about. Derek Carr is not going to have a whole lot of weapons. I think the Lions defense will play a lot better than they have these past two weeks against the Saints offense. That could lead to the Lions going up big in this one. The Lions are favored by more than a touchdown. They're I think that they're going to go up and it's going to end up being a positive game script where it's a Dave Montgomery game. The Lions go up big. They don't have to run up the mileage on Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs is great. Don't get me wrong. But if you have a sports car and a dually pickup truck in the backfield, like who are you going to let do the tough running for you? Like If you ask me, it's Dave Montgomery at this point. Jameer Gibbs might get the touches early on, the money touches that you want, you know, the usage that we've seen, get some work in the receiving game. Gibbs could build up a solid fantasy point total here, but the ceiling might not be there. Uh, later in the game because it might be Dave Montgomery time where he's just grinding the game out. You know, I'm not worried about the matchup. The game script shouldn't get to a point where the running backs are nullified. Dave Montgomery, he scored a touchdown every game that he started the season besides the Buccaneers game a couple weeks ago. So I'm trusting Dave Montgomery in this one. I think that his ceiling might be a little bit higher just because of the way I'm anticipating this game to go. But like I said, Jameer Gibbs is that sports car, but they're not going to run the mileage up on him when they have Dave Montgomery to get those tough yards late in the game. Yeah, you know, I, I I don't know that I see this the Lions running away with this one because in the games that they've really been running away with is home, you know, and they're not at home in this one, right? They're 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 in New Orleans, they're favored by only four points. Vegas doesn't think that this game is going to be, you know, like a, a runaway train for the Lions. You know, with that being said, I do think David Montgomery is going to be very involved, but I think he's like kind of capped out. I don't know if he's going to get those 20 carries. I think Jameer Gibbs is going to be pretty involved here. So I I don't know where you have Montgomery ranked. Um, I have him down at RB 18. So I have him as a mid RB two this week, because at the end of the day, like it's one of those things where early on the year, he had the upside to get you 25 carries, um, you know, a couple touchdowns. Now, you know, I think he's kind of ceiling. His ceiling is like 15 to 17 carries at this point. You know, because of the fact that Gibbs is very involved in the running game as well now. Um, and not only that, you have a situation where, you know, Montgomery's not involved in the receiving game like at all, like zero. So that's right. a little concerning too, right? So the good thing is that he scores a lot of touchdowns and they get they get near the goal line a lot because this is a good offense. So I think Montgomery can definitely get it done. I mean, I don't I don't have him that high. I have him as a mid RB two, but I do think that, you know, the Lions are going to be in this game. I mean, I'm sorry, the Saints are going to be in this game regardless. I think we might be overlooking the Saints offense a little bit here without, even without their weapons, um, especially with them at home this week. I'm comfortable overlooking the Saints offense. I'm going to die on that hill right there, and we'll see what happens next week when we see what actually happens in the game. But I, I'm, I'm just going to leave it. I'm going to say I don't trust the Saints offense to keep up. I think that the Lions are angry. I, I think they've had couple of tough weeks. You know, the defense hasn't played as well as we know that it can. I, I think that they're going to disrupt Derek Carr. Aiden Hutchinson could be playing. Like, I, I I think that this one is one where the Lions get away with it. And this is just gut feeling with me, the way that yep. I've seen them play. I know the Lions are a better team, and I just don't think the Saints can keep up on offense. Now, if Alvin Kamara gets – if they actually do that, they give Alvin Kamara his 12 targets like you just mentioned, you know, he, he hits the over on that, then maybe we have a different discussion. But I don't think they're going to be able to key in on him that much because I think – 
the Lions are going to be able to just, you know, prevent him from getting very far with those touches. And the downfield game isn't going to really be there for Derek Carr. We know he likes throwing the ball deep, but who's he going to be throwing to? That's my concern. Maybe if Chris Olave plays, if we find out he's playing, my tune will change. But right now I'm expecting them to just be severely undermanned. Yeah. Yeah. I would I at this point I think I would assume that Olave will not be in the lineup. So right. if you have Olave, make sure you have another option. I have uh Jalen Warren as a solid RB2 this week against the Cardinals. I have Najee Harris as like a low end RB2. Uh I know Najee outproduced Warren last week, but I'm not sure that will happen this week. I think if I had to bet on one guy every week, it would probably be Warren because he's just been more efficient all year long. Um, you know, he's just showing more juice this year. And there's no other matchup you would rather have for your running back than Arizona. Um, and I think right. both these guys can potentially get it done this week. Uh, but if you're, you know, Warren is like kind of on that fringe all year long. Like, do I start him? Do I not? Because I have other running backs. If you're ever going to start Warren, it's this week. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a question for me who I'd rather start this week. You're looking at last week. If you have tunnel vision and you look just at last week, you'd be like, oh, Najee Harris. You know, he was the starter at the beginning of the season. He had a better game in terms of efficiency last week than Jalen Warren. But then you look at the rest of the schedule, take off the tunnel vision glasses, and you see it's like, oh, Jalen Warren is the most efficient running back, one of the most efficient running backs in the league right now. Najee just happened to outproduce him last week, be a little bit more efficient than him. It was outlier performances for both of them. It just switched roles. Suddenly, Najee was the efficient one last week, and Jalen Warren was not. I think that there's much more precedent for Jalen Warren being efficient than Najee. I think that's what it's going to come down to because they're getting very, very similar workloads. They're obviously a big part of the offense. So I have no problem trusting either of these guys in my lineup. I think it just comes down to if you have to make a decision between two of them, like I, I, I'm going with Warren here as well. And you mentioned that running back matchup. Just Kyron Williams exploded against him last week. That That's like it's the ideal matchup you want. I, I think for that reason, like you can't go wrong with either of these guys. But Warren is, I think, has the upside here. He has the upper hand when it comes to upside. But Najee Harris, I think, still think he's going to be a fine start for you. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up with 12, 13 points anyway. If you put him in as like a flex or even an RB2, there shouldn't be any problem with that this week. Yeah, I agreed. Um, no word on whether Devon Achen will play this week. Uh, but if he does, I would. I still probably prefer Mostert uh, unless Achan gets full practices all week. Uh, and in that case, I, I might flip my preference because I think, you know, A-Chan is that explosive. But I think yeah. Mostert is the much safer play this week either way. Um, I think both running backs can eat against Washington, though, if they both play. It's a great matchup. I think, you know, Mostert is like a high-end RB2 if A-Chan plays. Um, but, like, if he isn't 100%, right, in terms of practice. Uh, but if A-Chan is out, I think I'll move Mostert into my top 12, maybe top 10, depending on you know, who, who I have to move him ahead of. Yeah, I, I think that's perfectly fine. I think if A-Chan is out, we can definitely move Mostert in the top 12. I think he finishes in RB1 because the commanders, they're getting torched on the back end. But Tony Pollard also had a good game last week. You know, it just takes one touchdown for these guys to, you know, finish as RB1s against the commanders because they're probably averaging a lot of yards per carry as well. They, Mostert has been efficient this year, so I'm not worried about him. But Devon A-Chan, like if he plays... I'm still tempering expectations. You know, I think I agree with you here. I would still go with Mostert just because I think that this time around, you know, if, could the Dolphins end up being even more cautious bringing him back at this point? You know, obviously he had the time off again, but they don't want to re-aggravate it again. They have the stretch run coming up. Like Devon HN, he could be on a snap count, that kind of thing, I think, going into this one. Maybe it could be just for this game, 
But I think they're definitely going to walk him back a little bit easier than they were last time. Not that they threw him into the fire last time either, but we now know the nature of this injury where it could pop up again. I think Moser is definitely going to have a handle on you know the majority of the touches. And we know Devon Achan can make do with seven or eight touches in a game. <laughs> he did that earlier this season. But at this point in his recovery, I don't know how much I trust him to make do on those touches. A couple of weeks from now, it could be a completely different story. But like you mentioned, the way that this is trending, I think Raheem Mostert is the one to start. Even if HM plays, if he has those limited practices, I don't even know. Even if he gets those four practices, I might just be like, it would be hard to bench him. But I think if I had to make a decision between two of them, I would still go with Mostert. That's just me, though. It's, yeah. it's, it's funny because, yeah, I think me too. But it's funny because I went back to watch the beginning of this game just to see like who was the who who started, you know, who was getting more, more uh, snaps to start the game. Both these guys were on the field for like three snaps in a row. And then like, you know, most of it was in for like the passing down and then like and then and then they got they were on the field again together and then HN got hurt. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, okay, I got zero data there. That that's great. <laughs> was, um, was my spiel that long that you could go and dig up film? Like did you pull up the all twenty two? No, not like right now. Through six or seven plays? Or you this was mm. earlier. This is earlier, dude. You think I did okay. that right now while you were talking? I was going to say, no. like, there's no way you were able to get that in. I know I talked for a little bit, but I was like, there's no way you could pull up all 22 while I'm screaming. No, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Before this. Crazy. Um, tough matchup for DeAndre Swift this week against San Francisco. Uh, Swift hasn't been using the receiving game as much over the last five weeks. Maximum three targets over that span. Um, after two weeks of six targets and ten targets, right? Like, that was looking so promising. But it's been a while since that happened. Um, but he's been efficient in the run game, you know. But at the, at the end of the day, he's like kind of like touchdown dependent, right? Especially in this matchup, um, if they don't target him a whole lot, right? So yeah, not the best matchup in the in the world. He's my RB twenty on the week, and he's that high because of the quality of offense that he's on. Normally, like you know, these running backs going up against the 49ers would be even lower. Um, let me ask you this: Would you rather play DeAndre Swift or Najee Harris this week? Oh. You're going to make me answer this question. I'm going to go. I'm probably going to play Najee Harris just because I trust his floor more than DeAndre Swift. And with DeAndre Swift, the matchup is tough. But like you mentioned, the offense is good enough to overcome that. But then you're also contending with Jalen Hurts, who's going to be running the ball in once or twice a game. Not running the ball in, but getting pushed in. That's a discussion for another time. But the the fact remains, goal line touchdowns are hard to come by for running backs in this Eagles offense. I don't trust the workload. I look at the workload that Najee Harris is getting, the matchup that he's getting. It's very similar to what DeAndre Swift is getting. And just the way that they're trending right now, the Eagles, it's a tough matchup. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. But if you're going to attack the 49ers defense, they have a, a greater liability in the secondary than they do along the defensive line. They're stacked at the defensive line. They've showed that this season. They're allowing the fewest running um, I think it's the fewest fantasy points for running backs. Uh, this year so like it's a tough matchup for DeAndre Swift he hasn't come through these past few weeks I'm gonna go with the momentum here I'm just gonna ride the hot hand I think I would go Najee Harris in this one just because also the matchup is fantastic and I think that he's gonna have a good day regardless it might not be a great day but I think that Najee Harris's floor is right around DeAndre Swift's ceiling in this one if that makes sense so they could definitely finish close to each other but I just trust Najee Harris more I hear that I hear that. Um, is this a week where you rather play Antonio Gibson than Brian Robinson? Because the, the Dolphins are favored by nine and a half, according to Fantasy Life's Game Hub. And you have to think that, you know, if they put up, if Miami puts up a ton of points in this one, which I, which we think they will, 
And if they do it early, which I think they will, that could mean a ton of routes for Gibson rather than a ton of rushes for Robinson. Yeah, I think there's something to be said there, you know, with Antonio Gibson. This is one of those weeks where you could put him in and realistically have an argument. It's like, this is makes sense why we should have him in our lineups. But for me, it's like, I'm not that big a fan of either of them anyway. <laughs> we saw it last week where the, neither of them got it done, even though it was a negative game script. It wasn't like Antonio Gibson just got funneled. You know, he, he had these targets and they got it done. The commanders have been pretty rough on offense, or at least they were against the Cowboys. And like I mentioned, this is like a copy-paste matchup. Maybe not as tough a defensive matchup for the commanders to go into against Miami, but still tough anyway. I don't want to trust either of them, but if I had to pick one, I think it would probably be Antonio Gibson because I just don't see Brian Robinson. I think he's going to get his signature 8 to 11 points in this game because it's going to get out of hand pretty quickly. And I don't think they're going to be relying on him to grind out any type of yards or run the ball a whole lot in this one. You you laid it out pretty nicely. Yeah, I have Gibson as my RB25, and I have uh, Robinson as my RB26 this week. Um, I, I don't love either of them either. Um, they're allowing – the Dolphins are allowing the second fewest receptions to running backs also. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you know so, but I, I do lean Gibson here between the two. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 